Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I am actually back. Uh, my name is Al Manorino. I am the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. And with me, as always, uh, coming fresh from his C-minus grade in the fantasy football draft of the Pop Break, Mr. Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. Bill, what's going on? Welcome to the 72nd episode of the Pop Breaks uh, Socially Distance Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. I'm doing good because despite what they said with the C minus, I had some gems in that draft. We also had a good time. It was me, you, Ben, Lucas, uh, and Dan Cohen, our former film editor, all talking a whole bunch of shit. It was great. Speaking of talking a whole bunch of shit. We got one tough ownery side of a bitch on the podcast. He is the guy who designed the first ever, the popbreak.com. It was pop-break.com back in the day. He is a senior writer on the popbreak.com and uh, now a three-time uh, guest of the Socially Distanced Podcast, our number one fan, Nick Picaro. What's going on, buddy? Four, Four times. Yes. Oh, they're Fletcher, I can't remember. I anything. did July last year. I did a WandaVision episode. I did a Falcon and Winter Soldier episode. Wow. Episode the Falcon one. Yep. All right. Well, now you're. We told you he's the number one fan. He knows. He knows. <laughs> he actually <laughs> listened to last episode, which I did not. Al was on his annual summer jaunt. I, I love it. You say you didn't listen to the episode like it's some big thing that you didn't listen to it. You recorded it. Why would you have to listen to it? Because he forgets immediately after records. <laughs> oh, I forget so much. It's a complete core yeah. of what I just did. But, but Nick is with us again for a uh, Disney Plus related uh, show. We are talking What If, uh, the, the newest of the Disney Plus shows. And specifically, we have to throw our disclaimer in. Uh, yes, we are. We are. We are a Disney stand podcast, but we are not recognized or sponsored by yet. Disney. Yet. Yet being the keyword, that's the asterisk. Correct. And uh, this week we are talking about episode four of What If. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? So um, usually we, we start off this podcast um, going directly to the source, Wikipedia, and reading the super long and overly complicated uh, synopsis of this episode. So I'm going to try to go through this as quick as humanly possible. Okay. After losing his girlfriend, Dr. Christine Palmer, in a car crash, Dr. Stephen Strange travels to Kamar Taj? Kamar Taj? I I always forget how to say it. Martich. That's Martich. I totally sure. missed that, that that was even the name of the thing. Yeah, and learns the mystic arts. He discovers the Eye of Agamotto, which can manipulate time, but is warned by the Ancient One and Wong that doing so could destroy reality. Two years later, Strange attempts to use the Eye to save Palmer, but, but still dies in every, she still dies in every scenario. The Ancient One tells Strange that Palmer's death is an absolute point in the timeline that cannot be undone, but Strange refuses to listen. Using the power of the dark dimension, the Ancient One splits Strange into two alternative versions. One, Strange accepts Palmer's death, while the other discovers how to gain power by absorbing mystical beings, becoming Doctor Strange Supreme. This evil version over, overpowers the good Strange, absorb him, absorbs him, and uses powers to resurrect Palmer, tearing reality apart. Strange Supreme begs the Watcher for help, but he refuses to intervene. Palmer disintegrates and the universe collapses, leaving Strange Supreme to grieve alone. Uh, this was such a fun, uh, funny, and lighthearted episode of What If. Whimsical, uh, one would whimsical, say. Whimsical, some would say. Like a cupcake on a spring day. Um, but let's, let's, let's start 
even before the beginning, real quick, uh, what was it like getting to, you know, get a, a, another outing of Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange? Uh, I'll start with Nick, just getting a chance to, you know, hear his actual voice where, you know, we're kind of surrounded by some people who may or may not be the actual voice actor. I didn't think it was him at first. Same. I thought I had heard yeah. he was one of the people that didn't do a voice. And I was like, this sounds kind of stiff and awkward. And then, and then, you know, the episode ended and I saw his name in the credits. I didn't notice it at the very beginning. I was like, really? That was him? He's, he kind of just phoned it in. I mean, maybe he just did it in between laps in his pool or something. He was just like, oh, I guess I got to do this thing. Um, it, just, it was kind of flat. It's crazy that all of them came back. I think that that was that was nuts to me. Yes. Um, but you know, since since Nick brought it up, do you agree, Bill? And if you had to pick, who do you think crushed it? Played it like you know they've done this before. I mean, like I I at first was like I knew he came back, and I'm just like, did he forget how to sound like himself? Because <laughs> like, what happened to our you know our you know the velveteen touch of the dandy uh, Benedict Cumberbatch here. He's trying way too hard to sound like an American, and in doing so. Doesn't sound very good in doing it, uh, especially when he would go, no, Christine. Oh. I had that on my list. I'm like, mother of God, dude, you've, you've been nominated for an Oscar multiple times. Um, but yeah, he was, that was, that was not the best. Um, Who was the best? Uh, Benedict Wong, obviously, because <laughs> that's my favorite character in Doctor Strange. That's great. Uh, so I'm just like, yeah, he was awesome. It, just having him back, just being the uh, his one line of just before you do something stupid, and I'm just like, oh man, Benedict Wong, you charming bastard, I love you. Um, but yeah, that was my favorite one. I was also surprised that uh, the ancient one. I'm surprised she came. Um, Tilda yeah, I thought Tilda brought it. I thought she brought that gravitas. She came back though. Film. Yeah, like, I am too. Yeah, I uh, I have to agree with Nick on this one. I thought Tilda was just crushed it i love how they um they all like feige marvel tilda like they've all said like i probably should not have been cast as the ancient one and they keep bringing her back anyway like i'm a big fan of that because they're, they're, like, yeah, they're, like, they're like we made a mistake but like we're, we can't undo it i mean also the cartoon version of her looks exactly like her they didn't change yeah. the appearance <laughs> of the ancient one if they had changed the appearance no. of the ancient one and it was the same Wait, so you're like, all right, guys, you still didn't get the point. There was like, all right, we just we fucked up, guys. We're just gonna get it. I will I will try to quickly defend Cumberbatch, not because I thought he phoned it in or don't do it. (laughs) Okay, that I am not gonna take back. But I don't think the animation led to him, like led to his voice style. Um I don't know why, because I went, uh, I went back because I obviously was not on the last episode, but I, I started watching episode three and I was like, man, I could just watch a Sam Jackson uh, animated Nick Fury show, like 20 seasons of that. Like, I thought he was like perfect for that. It just didn't work with. It's Benedict. almost like they couldn't get his face. They made him too cartoony and too, uh, his angles were so sharp, especially super sharp. Kid. Especially when they got to the sorcerers, uh, the uh, strange supreme. I was, was like a triangle. <laughs> yes, uh, he was definitely like he was pointy like Jafar in Aladdin. Mm-hmm. But like that's just the first instant instance in What If, where it's like you don't match the cartoon where everyone else did. 
they matched yeah. the voice matched what they drew because it's like oh like even like i said the ancient one it matched tilda swin this didn't match this felt too cartoony i've had a few moments in watching this show where i've been taken away from it because the animation and the voice performances don't quite gel oh, really? i think i think the animation and the art style is competently done but i don't think it's very it's very nondescript it's very safe it's kind of yeah. generic and what i really don't like is there's this weird bevel on everyone that makes them look like a cardboard cutout like a standee or something I, I think, if anything, I had this idea earlier. I know, sorry, we were talking about voice acting. I went That's to animation, fine. but... No, 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 keep going. Um, if anyone doesn't know, earlier, Nick has a, a background in graphic design and art, so he knows yeah. what he's talking about. I had this idea, why don't why didn't they do every episode in a different animation style? So, what like good, that. that's a great question. A lot of work, but... I, yeah. I don't know what if it's say? a lot of work, because I feel like if you're doing give, it for Star Wars Visions. That's the thing. I think that's your answer. I think because they're already doing it for Star Wars Visions, they didn't want to repeat themselves and make it like Marvel's already, you know, they always consider it like a factory and like, you know, Disney itself in the sense of like, oh, you know, it's the Marvel method. It's this, it's that. Like if they would have done that, it just would have felt like too similar. I I, I dig this. How all the Marvel movies look similar to. I think they want to create this like what if universe. I think the first episode really sets up like, oh, things can happen where things can start intersecting and you have almost like a, you know, a team up or some sort at the end of this, because of the way that they're setting up each ending of these. Um, and I think they want to keep it all the same style because of it. Call me crazy, but I really don't think that's going to happen. I think everyone like on the last episode, Bill, you and the guests were talking about, Oh, this could come back here. Or maybe what if this came back in? Oh, what if, what if this came back in the movies? I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think this stuff is completely standalone. Well, no, well, I say that because there's like in the trailer, there's that scene of uh, like, it's like they're redoing the first scene from the Avengers where they're all like looking up to the sky and it was like T'Challa and it was, uh, it was uh, Agent Carter as Captain, you know, Captain America. Yeah, it's a real uh, brief one. I was trying to erase the zombie shit. And just stuff <laughs> yeah, I you're like. really not happy about that. No, yeah, I'm not going to bring up the joke I could make with you, but um, it's just, uh, you know, I just saw it and I was just like, oh, this could be where this all leads, mm-hmm. or it could not. Yeah, I just think the way that they set set up the ending of the first one with Agent Carter going through that portal, I'm like, oh, she's going to be like a through line for this. And I think there's still an opportunity for that, and it's so early into the series. But we're going to it's 10, isn't it? Days. Aren't we almost half? We're just about halfway through, almost. So I feel uh, like yeah. we it, goes into, it definitely goes into October. Oh, cool. This was episode four. And I think this is going to just be their like nice segue in between movies and stuff, too. Like, yeah, you still have some content before Spider Man and Eternals. Oh, my God. Crazy year. Yeah. Shang Chi this week. Shang Chi. Oh, Shang Chi. I got yelled at for saying Shang. That's not how you say it. All right. Well, it- Johnny mispronunciation is me, so that's true. Um, <laughs> all right, but going into the actual plot of the episode, um, and I think this is something that we should be bringing up every episode if we already haven't. Is like, do you guys think this was a like worthy of Marvel's time? Like, was this a story that needed to be told in the sense of, or not needed because no nothing needs to be told, but in the sense that like, do you think this was worth? the time, the effort, bringing all these people back, like this story, the one that they showed, what if, um, is this the what if story that you wanted to see with Dr. Strange, Nick? 
I don't know if I'd say this is the what if story I wanted to see with Doctor Strange. I never really gave it much thought. I think I've said this on the podcast before. I just kind of go with it with the Marvel stuff. I'm just here to watch it and see what they do. I'm not really... I don't know that much of all the comics and lore that I have certain stories that I want to see them do. But I will say, I think this was a real, I, I think this is far and away the best episode so far. And I think that this was a great story to explore because it shows just how dangerous the powers and abilities that Strange has learned and come into can be. I think that's something that will. You know, maybe if it's not directly connected, we'll benefit viewers when we watch No Way Home and when we watch Multiverse of Madness, like to really understand just how serious this stuff can get. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, a lot of people were complaining of like, isn't he supposed to be the source of Supreme? Like, why is he letting this like 17 year old kid like change reality? Because it's not him. Everyone says that, too. Could be a scroll, um, could be um, Mephisto. I just think he's a dick. And he's just I like, do too. He's got he learned, but he started as a dick in the first Doctor Strange. Yeah, and I thought he'd like he learn. Like, yeah, but I mean he's an egomaniac. He's yeah. like, it's still, you know, now things are normal, and you know, you know, he doesn't have to, have to defend watch. the universe. Now he's like, yeah, you know, what's playing, playing with time? <laughs> he saved the world by being a dick. Like, think about it. I mean, if I can only make a living like that. Uh, but sadly, even in the first movie, like he never really learns to stop being a dick. He just learns to like be a better person while also being a dick. Yeah, like I guess I haven't watched it. I haven't watched most of these movies since they came out in theater. Mm-hmm. So I have not watched Doctor Strange since it was released. Even though I have to do two posters on my wall because my friend gave me. Yeah, I was gonna say, was gonna say those are dope. Yeah, those are. He also gave me this. I don't know why. For some reason, she was like Doctor Strange everything for me one year. But That's great. It's very nice. Great. But yeah, um, I, I agree with Nick. What everything it was spot on. This is not the Doctor Strange story I I, I wanted, but it's the one I needed because yeah. it, it's so on point for him to, you know, going into that god complex he had as we you know pre Strange, sorry pre Sorcerer Supreme, I should say, um, where he you know thought he could fix everything, and it falls back onto that. You don't unlearn that sort of complex overnight, uh, or I guess via centuries as we find out but you know and it shows how good intentions um you know would say hell is pat the road to hell is paved with good intentions so that's essentially what he did it was the road to the mm-hmm. end of everything which is just like to me is because he's such a cosmic character we've seen him interact with you know silver surfer and other you know galactic celestial beings the fact he's the only one who could interact with the watcher it makes sense that he would collapse the world upon himself and he would be punished through his own arrogance, almost in like a biblical or a, like sort of a parable type deal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you now must suffer. This is your punishment. You have entered the world and you will now be alone forever. You dick, you know, that's. Well, and this is why I think he is going to be back in some sort of team up is because the watcher and him have interacted and he is alone at the end of time in his universe. Like he, the watcher could be like, "Hey, by the way, I know that you're suffering right now, but I can use I can use your help. You help me, I help you." Like I just think there's like possibilities in that sense. What do we do totally... with all these shows? We overanalyze and overthink and expect something's going to happen that doesn't. Although we did get Kang, so that was cool and low key. But 
We didn't, you know, we, we thought, oh, the power broker could be someone other than Sharon. No, it was Sharon. We thought I mean, Mephisto. Not this no. guy. <laughs> no, Mephisto. Mephisto oh, Quicksilver. The, they, they brought Quicksilver back from the X-Men movies. No, it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I hate to poo-poo everything. I just, I don't know. I think I think this is literally what if. I think it's just a bunch of fun. Well, not necessarily fun in this case. But no, no. Fun one-off. Short. They had more fun in the episode where they killed a bunch of Avengers. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. It was some yeah. good. It was some good. I was laughing at like yeah, the way that was messed the, up. <laughs> I know it was great. Like it I'm like, fun. did Tony just die? And then did they just kill the one? <laughs> and then my my favorite was uh, all the uh, all the jokes from Coulson about like how beautiful Thor was. <laughs> oh, that I feel like they took it way too far. That's why that was great. They did the, He's like they did slanderization like with with Coulson. He smells like lavender. Yeah. Anyway, not to talk, really talk about last week's episode. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, um, I I think I agree with both of you. Like, I didn't expect this one. I think the reason I didn't expect it is like at the point at which Stephen loses uh, Christine, I don't think that Christine is the center of his world. I didn't even remember. He's the he's the center <laughs> yeah, of his world. No, he's the center of his world. Exactly. Right. So like the the way that they took his heart, I think he at that point in his life didn't have one, or you know, like I just it just didn't make uh, that much sense to me. But Rachel McAdams' performance in this was fantastic, and we know after seeing later in the first Doctor Strange movie, he does become a better person and he does care for her and she's going to be in the sequel. So it's like, it makes sense in the long run, but like, again, I, I would that. not have expected this kind of story from it. It would have been kind of cool if, if, if it was, you know, in, in infinity war, when Stephen Strange says that there is like 14 million possibilities and like, there's only one where we win the, the, what if is like, he fucks it up and he says it's the wrong one. Like what happens when he's like, no, this is it. It's only one opportunity. Tony Stark dies. Thanos stills wins. And he's like, oh shit, I was wrong. (laughs) Like that would have been funnier for me. And I think that would have been more cool to like explore. To go back for a second, you, you complimented Rachel McAdams performance. I kind of thought it was a little goofy in one note because she was always like, I love creme brulee. <laughs> just doing the seductive Blaise thing. I guess because I guess because they replayed that scene so many times. But I just like I thought she was kind of like hamming it up a bit. Mm-hmm. But I know there were serious, tender moments as well, and drama, especially at the end. That was that was heartbreaking. It, I think in this universe, it was supposed to say that like Stephen wasn't that much of a dick, and he like had a real relationship with her. Like he wasn't an alcoholic playboy idiot. Like there was a, it, it had to be a little different because he was literally on a date with her. It's true. So yeah, because that does is a different timeline because it's a different timeline. because he was in you know the scene where the car wreck. He's it's all the same except she's there. Yeah, and so, he he did he was he drunk in this one? No, no, no. And he was drunk by himself. Because so. weren't they driving to go to like an awards thing or something which is what he was doing in the other in, in the movie yeah right. I, uh, I, re- I, I saw this scene recently was, so that's how i know it he was like super vain and like he wouldn't take patience because he didn't want like if they were too risky he didn't want to fuck up his like perfect record mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit because he was like the top surgeon blah, yeah. blah 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 like in this one he's 
in a committed relationship and like he's in love and he that's taken away from him instead of his hands, which is the thing that he cares about the most. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought it was, uh, it made sense in the long run. I just kind of caught me off guard in the beginning. Yeah. Cause you was- would assume that with all of these, they start exactly the same as the movie and then they diverge, but in this one, they actually changed it up quite a bit. I, yeah. I, I do really like, um, I'm probably jumping ahead. One thing I loved about this episode is the groundhog day of it. Mm-hmm. where he keeps trying to change yeah. and we find out. I think that's one of the best parts of the episode is the heartbreaking revelation that this is, it's an absolute, she has to die in this way or on this day, on this day. And then it's just like, oh, wrestling reference for Nick. And um, in order for him to become Dr. Strange. And like, it just like, every time you saw it, I was just like, maybe, I don't know if it was you guys, but I was always like, maybe this one's going to be, no, she just got hit by a truck. No, a guy shot her. No, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I was kind of with you on that because even though I could see like they're using the trope of no matter what someone does, something goes wrong. I didn't foresee it getting this bleak. I was and monstrous and d- d- just creepy and unsettling. Yeah, and that's why I really, really dug it. That's what I was yeah. actually going to go to oh, yeah. the next part was like, you know, Nick, you mentioned this is probably the best one so far in terms of the what if episodes. Like, let's let's explore that a little more. Let's talk about it because the thing that really struck out at me in this one, um, I thought the first one was fantastic. I love the you know re-exploring the forties, but with um, you know Iron Man you know, 60 years earlier. Like, I, I thought that was really cool. The way they did it in the animation was great. I thought they got to do whatever the fuck they wanted in this one in terms of, like, let's create 20 different monsters, uh, all different, like, powerful beings that he could absorb, which was, like, such a cool, like, animation. Uh, a lot of repetition in this episode in that sense. But, it, it, again, it reminded me of Dormammu. It reminded me of, like, the things that we've known from the first movie. Um, so yeah, what did you guys think of just like, um, kind of the creepy craziness of this episode? This kind of ties into something, uh, my friend who I watch these with weekly, uh, my friend Brandon said, which was in, I think episodes, I guess the first three episodes, he pointed out, like, if this was filmed live action and if there was a, if there was some blood involved, like it would be extremely brutal. Like the the violence in these episodes is intense yeah. and there's no blood. So, you know, kids can watch it or whatever, but it's like bone crushing, like really, really nasty stuff happens to a lot of people. And in this episode, instead of it being, you know, really violent, they went really, really intense with the creature designs and the animations and the writhing and the, freaking laser beams coming out of his eyes and mouth and just the whole thing like it it all happens so quickly and they just go right into it so there's not any moment of like building suspense and then suddenly he starts like a, a laser or whatever starts to come out of his mouth it's like no he just blasts this thing and then you see these horrible shapes and claws and tentacles and roaring and it just rapid cuts between these creatures you're you almost can't process it. It's shocking is how I would describe it. I was, I was pretty shocked while watching this, how intense they, they made it. Yeah. That you can see that there's a lot of influence from like, like traditional or not, or just like classic anime. Um, I was watching again, I was watching the third episode 
and seeing the Black Widow fighting in the truck, I was like, am I watching Dragon Ball Z? Like, this is insane. <laughs> like, she's punching them so fast. It's like, doo, 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 doo. I was like, holy cool. Like, this is so cool. Like, it's like I'm watching, uh, you know, Cowboy Bebop or something. Like, they'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they have, their their heads are off their bodies at this point. Um, but yeah, Bill, what, what did you think about, like, uh, you know, going into, I think almost like as a precursor to Multiverse of Madness, like the horror you know, you know, realm of, of Marvel and the MCU. One thing Nick had talk, talked about before was, uh, is what's like, he commented on something I had asked in previous podcasts about, you know, how is this going to impact uh, the MCU in any way from this series? What's going to come out of it? And maybe it won't be a direct storyline, but I, I'm not sure if it was one of us or as a guest that said, this is kind of the, this is like kind of like the pregame of what we're going to see with a lot that's coming, especially with the multiverse, get ready for dark, like something like this, get ready for it to be dark and weird and messed conditioning. up. Yeah, exactly. That's the word I could not think of It's conditioned people to get ready for this because we saw a little bit with Wanda about some, a little bit of the darkness. We saw, we, we, we started to touch them, touch upon the multiverse. We started to do that with Loki, but that wasn't done with a whole lot of, darkness and evil that was more fantasy sci-fi and a little bit of comedy thrown in this is really getting deep this was and this even started to be a little funny where he's you know when he starts absorbing things he's like i don't do bugs nice cape though and he takes it i'm like oh that's so marvel that's so stephen strange oh my god he just absorbed a dinosaur and, th- and a dragon and whatever the fuck that is and he just eviscerated a kraken you know, or Cthulhu, whoever. So messed up. Oh no! Well, again, I guess you could tie the tentacle, a beast into episode one. Yeah. Um. So it's like he's doing all that, and slowly, it's just like, oh no, this is really messed up. This is really, really, really screwed up. And um, at times, almost like some of his things reminded me a little bit of. I'm, I might be getting the character wrong. Remind me a little bit of Mister Sinister's design. Yeah. Uh, and no, you're right. And I was like, wow, he's getting a little bit of that going on. So the sharp like features, the, the goatee. Yeah, like you know, the getting pale, mm-hmm. dark, the dark purples. And I was like, oh, okay, I can see where we're going with this. And then I love the reveal where it's just like the guy, the, his guide. He's just like, I've been here for centuries, and now I'm dying. Where it feels like we've been there for five minutes in the library. So you know what I mean. So I thought that was cool and even darker, and just drove home the fact that it's like, no, he is. He is, this is the multi, the madness, literal madness is happening right now. So get ready for what this multiverse of madness is going to be. Completely consumed by it. Mm-hmm. Well said. Hey man, blind squirrel finds a nut. You know what I mean? For sure. Absolutely. Um, Al was totally paying attention. I was not. When Bill, <laughs> when Bill speaks, I totally zone out um no sorry bill um making sure that my son is not asleep or making sure my son is asleep uh so we can continue doing this podcast uh but yeah let's let's move on a little bit i want to talk about what nick said early on where he said that um these are just stories nothing is connected nothing matters um i don't i I don't think he said that last part but i think i added it um Now seeing four episodes in, uh, has this changed at all for, for you, Bill? Are you on, I guess, team me 
and and think that there's a, you know a bigger picture at the end of this um or you know are we just exploring fun side stories while we wait between movies i will start with bill uh, you mean into regards to Doctor Strange, or you just no? In regards to, to to what if as a whole, right? So, like, do you know? Is I there still, a purpose? Not purpose, but is there is there something to this besides like one off stories? Yeah, it's the conditioning. I think there there might be something that leaks through, and I still think it might be Agent Carter. I still think it might be her for some reason. I don't know why. It's just something sticking in the back of my head saying we haven't seen the last of her. Um, you know, and then there's, um, but I think it's the conditioning of what is the multiverse. It is taking everything you know and putting it on its ear. That there are different realities, and we started exploring that at the end of, I believe they started exploring it at the end of Infinity War and all that stuff. So it's just like okay, or an end game. So it's like okay, we gave you a taste here. Now we're conditioning, and are we getting you ready? The things are about to get weird. You saw this whole series where. They were fucking zombies, <laughs> you know, where they were there, you know, there was people that you thought were that were the Avengers got killed off. And now there were new Avengers, you know, but potentially um, Cap Steve Rogers wasn't Captain America. And now I think they're preparing you for all that. And in the Steve Rogers with Captain America also can play in this like it's Sam Wilson now. So it's like get used to someone else being Captain America. Let's let's remind you this is going to be a thing now. Um, and I think it's a very smart play by Marvel. Not only is it just a fun series that you could just write off as great one-off stories. It's something that's going to prime you for the next X amount of years of Marvel. We're about to get weird. Nick, after hearing what I said and what Bill said, have we changed your mind or do you feel you want to stick to your guns? The only thing that has me thinking maybe something can come back later on in the series is that the way the previous episode ended really did feel not like a cliffhanger, but it felt like to be continued. It didn't feel like this is the end of a self-contained story, whereas that's definitely how... I mean, Captain Carter, maybe not so much either, but that, but I didn't feel like, oh, they're definitely going to continue this. The T'Challa one was definitely like an open and shut thing for me. This episode was open and shut for me. But the last one, you, I kind of had that feeling almost like a classic 90s cartoon where it's like, when's part two? You know, next week, are they going to do part two? And it's going to be Steve and Carol and whoever else uh, heading up the Avengers together. So I, I still don't think this is going to tie into the movies at all or anything live action, but we'll see. Happy to be wrong. Um, yeah. I just think that the way that they've set up at the end of every single episode is there's more to this, this universe. There's more to this story. Um, maybe except for this one, yeah, you this could one say, is- except that he literally talks to the watcher, which really really sticks with me the first episode ends with um agent carter going through time and meeting nick fury and clint barton the second episode ends with uh ego seeing uh uh, meeting up with uh peter quill in a dairy queen 
See, but I looked at that as just kind of like a wink and a nod, like oh, I did that's too. that's what would happen to Peter if if this timeline was different. He'd just he would get he'd get corrupted, you know, by he'd be working at a grill and chill, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I see where you're going at, Al. That's that's the I only won't rule it out. I won't rule it not out. Trying, How about that? Not, not trying to convert you, but I want to see at the end of this first season. Uh, let's revisit it. Let's talk about it at the end of the first season. It has to tie in somehow. And like, even if it's a conditioning thing, because we haven't really seen a, you know, Marvel, an MCU proper film that hasn't tied into other films, whether it's the overarch, whether it's the connective tissue of Avengers films mm-hmm. or individual films, they've always, something always plays in there, even if it's something small. So I think like, but nothing small happens in this, you know what it I mean? It is a cinematic universe after all. Yeah, it, it it really, really is. And if I just want a Silver Surfer episode, but that's just me. But um, I'm going to uh, tell you something right now. We are not going to get an episode with a, with a character that we have not met yet. Yeah, that's the what I was going to say. Yeah. No, I know. Absolutely Absolutely not. We, 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 we've we, already met the Watchers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, with family. <laughs> But, no, but, the, the the literal watchers are in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Volume Two. When Stan Lee is talking to them, that's what I just I just said with yeah. Stan Lee. With Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant I thought you meant actually Stan Lee. Al, sorry. Uh, no, but yeah, it's somehow something's going to tie into something. It, it has to because mm-hmm. they don't they just don't throw stuff out. I mean, like even if you watch stuff like about the rides and stuff like that, like they, mm-hmm. like Feige's in, involved in that to make sure it, it follows Canon, you know, that somehow it like the movies tie into the ride, you know, not that the, the, the ride will tie into the movies, but so this where there's continuity there. Pray uh, for me that in a few weeks, I'll be able to get on web slingers at Disneyland. Probably not. Man. I'm going to California for our friend, Matt Scuteri's wedding. Oh, nice. I- and Barry and the Jeff Stewart's, of course, they have played yes. multiple pop break shows. And I don't know if we're a band anymore. I don't know if we're still doing that or not, but hey, listen, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be in Cali and I booked an extra day to go to Disneyland and California Adventure. So we'll That's see. Awesome. We'll see the, the, the MCU extended into ride format. If where, I can get where in California it. are you guys staying? Um, the weddings in uh, it's like the Laguna Cliffs area. Um, it's so very, very nice. But I rented a car. I'm flying into San Diego, driving up, and then driving to Ooh. Anaheim and staying overnight in Anaheim. Love, nice. me, love, me, love me some San Diego. Yeah, you have a, it has a very special place. San Diego. That's the best. Um, I will say, all right, last question before we get into our ratings. And sorry to spring you guys, spring this one on you guys, but I think it's a good one. In p- pick... I want you each to pick a what if story that you would like to see based on everything we've seen so far. Meaning, Bill, you can't have a Silver Surfer story. You need to, in the MCU context of things you've seen, whether it's movies or the TV shows, what is the what if story that you would want to see? Well, obviously, what if the beekeeper from WandaVision turned into the fucking dog uh, <laughs> Agnes kill it obviously or conversely Al what if the guy with the shaggy haircut in WandaVision was Mephisto that's what I want to know a bit that <laughs> well, never ends joke, but, but a Nick. bit of part of 2021 
Nick, what would you like to say? I'd have to think about this for a while to come up with a really cool answer, but this is the first thing that came to mind, so let's go with it. I'm, what, I'm if, like it. what if Pepper took over for Tony after Iron Man 3? Okay. In what so, context? So give me give me the scenario. So she uses the the armor and she has she briefly has the crazy powers or whatever, but like the idea that you know, of course, in Iron Man 3, he destroys all the suits, but he really doesn't because he still is Iron Man. Mm-hmm. The what if would be... What if he dies on the operating table getting the uh, I shit out of I didn't even think about him heart. dying. That would be interesting. That actually would be... It would make sense. That right? would be darker, but it would be... I would want it to be a little more lighthearted They're good at the Iron Man here. movies. They are. But, yeah, I guess that's it. There you go. We, we, you, you already contributed a nice... Uh, establishing moment or whatever in- inciting moment whatever they call it what if yeah. what if thor the dark world didn't suck as our <laughs> i mean what if patty jenkins directed thor the dark world oh my god no what if what if they cast anyone else besides christopher eccleson as malachi what what happens if they actually wrote a, like a good movie a more, 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 what if they more, gave lee pace more to do wait, with Ronan wait, the wait. Wait, what if Taika Waititi directed Thor The Dark World? <laughs> I don't know how you do dark with Taika Waititi's directing style. What we do in the shadows, baby. Yeah, yeah but I mean, that's so still good. I think it actually premieres tonight, the, the, new, yeah, the new season. Yeah, it does. Um, I can't wait to watch it. I'm tr- um, I mean, it's this is not a what if, this is maybe just a wish. Is this like... Mm-hmm. What if we got a Mark Ruffalo or Mark Ruffalo, I should say, uh, Mark Ruffalo uh, Hulk movie? Oh, that'd be cool. Like, what oh. if what if Mark Ruffalo was originally cast as Hulk? What if they actually did a good Hulk movie with Mark Ruffalo? I, I, that's a very watchable movie. I, I mean, yeah, it's not that, but I want a it's really, very watchable. I want a really good one. If gun to my head, though, I if I had said, to, pick, I thought you said Gundam, and I'm like, wow, Gundam. We, oh, no, Gundam, 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 my head, Gundam, <laughs> my head. The, the, out of the worst, nice. Out of the worst, the worst MCU movies, quote unquote. My, the, my go-to is Iron Man two, and I will defend that movie forever. It is so bad, but it's so fucking watchable. What it's if they, really watchable? What if they did more with Justin Hammer? That'd be great. Uh, no, I, I think they got to bring Justin. My what if, wars. my what if is only going to be understood by one person on this podcast. The other one has not uh, watched this movie, so I'm going to specifically go. It has to be Ant Man. And I, I think you've seen Ant Man. Um, yeah. Yes. What if Antony lived? <laughs> oh my God! So, uh, so Bill um, Scott Lang, the no, friend, don't tell him. Command. Don't tell no, him. Yeah, don't tell watch, him. watch the movie. Just, just tell me. Watch it. Watch it. Just tell me it's the really, actor. Who's really the actor fun. who plays Antony? Not telling you. <laughs> Can't tell you. It'll oh, blow your mind. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, let us let us know whenever you get around to that. We'll, well, we'll have to. We'll love your reaction when you. Uh, yeah, when it's you gonna be Anthony. Great. I thought you were gonna say, "What if they did Michael Pena's character?" Bill said it, or someone else said it last week about. Was, uh, yeah, there was. I think it was Matt said it. Oh, he's, um, oh, he's the carpenter. Oh, yeah. They should just do what if. Didn't they kind of do this already? They had him retell a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So. so, so never so, mind. I'm wrong. So someone someone said that like. I, uh, like there was a meme that went around after anime came out of like I want Michael Pena to explain the whole Marvel universe and I think at like a convention or something he did, he did it. it yeah he did it um no I, I think like 
That would be a great like 25 minute episode though. Oh my god, for sure. Have him narrate I, I just, it and go into like all these scenes. That would be incredibly time was, consuming. What was his name? Is, is, it, is, it, was the is it Louise? Is he Louise in the I think so. Okay. So I I, I think the, the the their biggest mistake ever was not turning him into yeah, a shield please. agent. He should have been like a shield intern after that, we get there you go. There's the there's the third piece and the final key. To the Darcy Jimmy Woo show we want so bad. Oh shit, that would I Darcy mean, Jimmy Woo Louise. And then Louise, oh yeah. my god, that'd be amazing. I mean, like yeah. they almost like they must they should do it just because it's just like here's some funny shit that happens. They could just be the Scooby. I would love an out and out comedy series on Marvel. Yeah. That'd be awesome. It would be great. Disney, yeah, listen, Disney. <laughs> we'll write it. Well. It's funny. To I'm not volunteering that. to write that. An, I don't do actor, I, don't I think we talked about this on the podcast too, but an actor, um, like on uh, who that was on Twitter and basically pitched the show, um, a Jimmy Woo like yes. X file show. Yeah. And it went viral and he actually got an opportunity to pitch the show to Marvel. Don't know what happened about oh, it, man. but Jimmy, the, Jimmy cool. Woo with those two like X files type show would be incredible. Phenomenal. And, and that's, that's, that's like a, what if type of show where it's just like, <laughs> here's investigating little things with, cause it's, apparently they're going to do uh, like the Marvel, like a Marvel, like Halloween special and like Wolf by night. Is gonna be in it. Werewolf what? by Night. Werewolf by Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When? I didn't uh, hear about this. Uh, they just announced it a week or so ago, and it's like in okay. production, so to be out for next Halloween, mm-hmm. like how so. Guardians Christmas is next year. Yeah. yeah. So okay. yeah, it'll be I, like stuff like that would be fun, and then you could tie just little bits and pieces, and those breadcrumbs go on to go on to be other things. The Marvel Maybe. Halloween special. I, I, what what a time to be alive. The most like- important Twitter pitch of all, though, was Simu Liu shooting his shot and saying, Marvel, call me, Shang-Chi. And then what, two some odd years later, he became tweets it and he says, well, shit. Well, shit. <laughs> Apparently the reviews on that movie are incredible. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. I think he can Sunday. do no wrong. Yeah, that's great. If you've watched Kings um, Convenience, he's amazing. All right. It's that time. We're going to wrap it up. But first, we want to um, not only rate the episode, give a quick little just general thoughts about it but we also have a new rating scale it is one to ten question marks because much, much better than tesseract what if no definitely way better um so nick one to ten question marks what do you think of the episode and you can do a little spiel of why you liked it or disliked it i'd give it eight i'd go a little higher if some some of the voice acting and animation was stronger, mainly, mainly Benny, uh, our boy, Benny Cumberbatch. Um, I mean, I, I loved the, the story. I loved the creature designs and the use of particles and light beams and all these crazy colors and effects, you know, really going wild with those visuals and, and, uh, that that was awesome, and the the emotion of it, and the unease of it, and it it kept me on on the edge of my seat. I think my friend and I were watching it together. Every couple of minutes, we're like, "This is messed up." Damn what what the hell? What? <laughs> like we kept being like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I, I love stuff like that. It may not necessarily hold up as much on rewatches. I, I think a lot of the things I tend to like when I first watch them 
are like that and don't hold up as much because it is so much that initial experience. But yeah, it was it was really great. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think I, I honestly have to agree. I'll, I'll do my really quick. I want to do probably like eight out of ten question marks as well. I didn't feel personally that this was my favorite of the bunch, but I thought it was like the most like well executed in terms of like just taking risks, going out there and, and doing some something cool. And the whole point of getting to see our favorite characters in animation is just like, what can you do when the budget is minuscule and you have almost complete autonomy to do whatever you want. And I think that's uh, kind of great. And they, they almost an oxymoron. You have such financial restrictions, but do whatever you want. No, you don't have financial restrictions and you can do whatever you want because they're not doing it in live action. It's cheaper to do it in animation. That's what I was trying to get at. Sorry. Yeah. So I think, yeah, because of the risk taking, because of the, just the cool weirdness and, and depressingness that they got into with like um, something that, something that DC got in trouble with about a year and a half ago, maybe two years they had um, uh, DC had this deal with Walmart where they were putting these giant um, like specifically for Walmart stores, comic books. So another way for like DC to sell comic books and get kids interested. It was like making it available. They were like, like 10 bucks, five bucks, but it would be these giants um, bringing back the old, like from like the sixties giants and like 80 page giants and they'd have all different stories whether they be brand new stories specifically from walmart or um or old stories like just like collected together not trades but a little different reason i'm getting at that is dc got in trouble because there was a story by tom uh is it tom king or tom taylor that's gonna be fun i'll think about that later um i want to say tom king anyway it's basically a story where Lois keeps dying in all these crazy ways. And it's apparently like a, like Superman is mind control and he's seeing this over and over again, like getting tortured. And like DC got in trouble for this for like, oh, you know, kids, like these are marketed for kids and you're showing all these death scenes and all that. But like legitimately we get a montage of Christine Palmer dying over and over and over again on Disney plus where kids can watch an animated not version market. of all their shows. Not just saying, just saying. So I thought that was really funny and I had to kind of interject that little anecdote, but Bill, what'd you I think? looked it up by the way? It's Tom King. Thank you. That's a running joke on Twitter. If it's uh, Tom King and Tom Taylor get uh, confused all the time. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Nick. I'm going to go with eight. It might not end up being my favorite. Cause I still think my favorite is going to be what if Chala was star Lord, because it's just like, I love a good, I love a good heist, like, you know, a good caper. So that was that. And I thought I had a lot of fun. I, I've always had fun in the guardian sandbox. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, this was the most audacious uh, episode they've done because they went super dark and they took us to a place that was almost, um, almost an Edgar Allan Poe type ending where it's just like I, you end up in the harrowing darkness where everything sucks and is sad and is macabre and awful. And that is because of the arrogance of man. And I, I like that. I was just like, this is something I was not expecting from Marvel. I mean, you had your requisite battle scenes and, you know, fight scenes and stuff like that, but I loved how they ended that. And I loved the, the interaction with the watcher, which is the first we've gotten. And how multiple twice where he said, I could intervene, but I'm not. 
And, you know, I, I really like the playfulness, the, the interaction between Jeffrey Wright's character and Benedict Cumberbatch's character there. Um, I love the Groundhog Day effect they were going with it just being very dark. And again, whetting our appetite for what's going to be what may be the tone for a multiverse of madness, uh, especially with you have Sam Raimi behind the camera on that. And he is just he is, you know, has that history of telling very dark stories. So uh, except especially if you watch Spider-Man 3, it's the darkest story of all time um, that haunts my dreams every night. Uh, so, yeah, I give it eight. I don't know if it'll be my favorite, but I, I love I love the I love the risks they took here. Yeah, um, definitely the riskiest of all. Um, I, I think I have to agree with you that that Star Lord one was phenomenal. Just getting to see uh, Chadwick one more time in you know in the role and playing and, it a different and, way. And Thanos is a oh, stop. <laughs> stop. We could just review so that. Episode. Weird. Yeah. It was so weird. weird. When we wrap it up. We just might dedicate a whole segment to that. Ah, oh, that'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, let's just uh, yeah, that was. What if episode four? We'll be doing these every week. Uh, definitely stay tuned for that. But before we go, let's do a couple plugs just to let everyone know where you can find all of us. Uh, quickly, I am at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can see my photos of Rise Against at the Stone Pony. You can see my photos of uh, the Hella Megator with Green Day, Fallout Boy, and Weezer. And soon you can see my photos of 311, one of my favorite bands, and uh, my like one shim- like glimpse of proof that the world has returned to normal because I got to see them uh, in the summer live. It was fantastic. You'll also be seeing very soon my photos of uh, See Here Now Music Festival cross my fingers and make sure that actually happens. But Bill and I will hopefully uh, be not only um, there uh, at the festival, but we might actually do a whole podcast about it because uh, we had a great time uh, last year. So you can find all of those things on the pop break.com. Mr. Mr. Picaro. Um, Before I do plugs, are we not doing pop no, I was going to say records? you, my friend, as the guest of honor, will be the sole recommender of pop. Very good. Yes, that's probably You're not my, the watcher. It's one of my favorite parts because I love talking. About I've got nothing. I like. I've so got nothing fun. this week, so definitely go okay. for it. Um, so I'll do that first before I do uh, plugs because plugs are really short. Um, let's start with music, as always. Uh, the group Beartooth put out their new album Below back in June. It is hard rock, heavy metal, some hardcore punk vibes. Uh, really, really fun, anthemic, chunky riffs. I think Bill would actually like this album quite a bit. I have heard them before, uh, so I do enjoy them. I had never really listened to them much before I heard the song Hell. What is it? Hell, Hell of It. Uh, and I was like, this is really badass. And so I kept the album on my radar and it's, it's just really infectious. Uh, I got to steal one from Al here. The new church's album screen violence is very good. Very good. Uh, especially that song with Robert Smith. Is stunning. Oh yeah. Absolutely is that, is, beautiful. Is that how not to drown? Yes. The, the three in a row, California. And then what is it? Violent desires or something. And then how not to drown. 
that three right. song run is tremendous. But yeah, the, the whole album's really good. It's definitely a return to form for them. Um, and something I actually haven't watched yet, but am involved in marketing. So it's both a cheap plug for something I work on and a recommendation that you may not have heard of. So I do marketing for AMC Plus, AMC's streaming bundle. And last or two months now, because it was July, they premiered a new show from director Stephen Conrad, who did Patriot and Perpetual Grace Limited. Uh, it's called Ultra City Smiths. It is stop motion, six episodes. It's a neo-noir mystery narrated by Tom Waits featuring uh, Jimmy Simpson, Luis Guzman, uh, Terry O'Quinn, Kristen Bell, Dax Shepard, um, John, John C. Riley, a ton of famous voices and great voice actors and, and actors in this really bizarre uh, kind of gritty mystery, but starring baby dolls. Uh, and there's a musical number every episode. So it's really, really wild and all wow. over the place. Uh, and I haven't watched it yet, but everything I've seen of it from trailers and behind the scenes clips uh, looks really great. And it's gotten, it's gotten a variety of reviews. I think, I don't think anyone's trashed it. I think it's not necessarily for everyone, but the people that like it seem to really love it. And I really need to get to watching it. Um, but yeah, Ultra City Smiths on AMC Plus. I think it's eventually coming to AMC Cable later in the year or maybe next year. I'm not sure, but it is available right now on AMC Plus. And Sweet. as for plugs, um, I'm on Twitter at Nick underscore Porcaro. I believe that's right. Yep. Uh, and Instagram, Nick Porcaro, no underscore, three, three O's at the end instead of one. That's it for me. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on this week. Uh, as for me, if you must follow me on Twitter, I don't know why you would. I am at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S, which just mostly me talking about wrestling and retweeting and tweeting stuff about thepopbreak.com, which is the most important thing. This month, September, we are celebrating 12 years online. I don't even know. I can't even fathom that, but it's true because I did math earlier. So yes, 2009, we started this bad boy. I started this bad boy with my good buddy, Brad Johnson, and it has evolved from a blog into what it is today. And uh, what that is, is a digital pop culture magazine covering movies, television, music, comic books, pro wrestling, anime, digital trends, and all sorts of great stuff. Follow us online, thepopbreak.com, at thepopbreak on Instagram, at thepopbreak on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com on Facebook. Check out all our podcasts, which, of course, you can find on Apple, Google, Anchor, and Spotify. Those hubs are as follows, Pop Break TV, and the winner still is The Breakcast and the way too early Oscar podcast. You can follow all of those. We're dropping podcasts all the time. Thank you, Bill. And that's going to wrap it up for the socially distant podcast episode 72. Wow. Can't believe I remember that uh, for Bill, for Nick, for myself. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. That's this episode we've ever done.